This segment proudly brought to you by Capital Air. Welcome to another another edition of Business Matters with me, your host, Alameen Templeton, on this wonderful day of Yom Asabt. Yeah, it's no longer Jumu'ah. The sun has gone down. Hmm, when I started the show two months ago, uh, it was just in time for my Maghrib. Now I'm getting that chance to get my, my, my Asr done. Uh, it's amazing how the sun suddenly just, uh, the time of going down of the sun, it just seems to like shift quickly, you know. Um, just as you're getting used to like sort of being in the summer months and having those late evenings. Suddenly, broom, whoa, six o'clock and the sun is down and whoa, what's happening? Oh, and you're driving home with your lights on. What's going on? Yeah, la ta'ala. Well, we've had another week behind us. Very interesting week it's been, and I must say, uh, Friday has been turning into an interesting Friday. It was been a little bit slow in uh, in the early morning, uh, but uh, towards the afternoon, things have started really picking up. <clears throat> For some reason or other, the Rand is shooting the lights out. Uh, Steinhoff has issued a very... I always reckon, you know, when when a big company releases information about debt restructuring on a Friday afternoon, half an hour after the market has closed. Then basically that company doesn't want anything to see, anyone to notice that notice. Um, uh, we've seen it many times on the JSC. It's a, <clears throat> it's a great little trick, you see. Uh, if we're going to issue uh, market-moving information, uh, and you reckon that the market movements are going to be in the wrong direction. Release it on a Friday, and, uh, you know, 85% of the traders uh, and the shareholders are in actual fact in the pubs at the moment. I'm sorry, uh, it's, a, it's a horrible observation for a Muslim to make in a Muslim radio station, I know. However, the fact of the matter is that I wasn't always a Muslim. Uh, I was in business journalism for many years at Business Report before I became a Muslim. Uh, and of course, you know, being a non-Muslim, I knew the ways of, uh, of the northern suburbs as well as, as well as uh, unfortunately some of, the, some of the places where these people go in the evenings. Uh, so I know, I know the general kind of uh, lemmings habits of, of the northern suburbs. Um, not, not, not wanting to like pinpoint any kind of specific group or anything. We'll just say people in that area tend to head out towards the pubs on a Friday evening. Uh, the last thing they want to be thinking about is work. And so a very good time to issue 
market-sensitive information that uh, you probably don't want to release is a Friday afternoon. And so in Steinhoff has issued um, um, debt restructuring information, uh, and it relates to anything between uh, 7.5 billion and nearly 10 billion euros worth of debt restructuring. So... Uh, yeah, and and not only that, but uh, Steinhoff has been has been issuing regular regular debt restructuring agreements. Let's not say on an almost monthly basis since about halfway through last year, and uh, this debt restructuring has had to be delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And today Steinhoff has announced that it's delayed it once more. Not only that, but there's more news coming out on Steinhoff. Uh, more uh, later on in the show, inshallah. And of course, the big uh, news today is Moody's, 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 Moody's. Is it going to downgrade us? Is it going to leave us where we are? Or will it say, well, you know, things looking up in South Africa. For some crazy reason, we're going to say we're going to put it on buy. In fact, we're going to give you AAA plus, 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 plus ratings. We're going to put you ahead of the United States on AAA minus, 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 minus ratings. Um, well, that would be nice. Uh, the... The decision, Moody's decision, is due later this evening, uh, also on a Friday. Huh? Um, you know, I suppose if it is bad or it's good news, uh, it, it is good to issue a sovereign rating on a Friday, on a Friday afternoon, because uh, that's fair. That's fair. It gives everyone a chance to come Monday, have their positions ready. They're going to buy or they're going to sell. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, not that Moody's is trying to hide away. Uh, it is a general practice of Moody's to issue on a Friday its, its rating decisions. And, uh, yeah, it, it makes sense. It gives the country enough time to digest everything that it has said. Because, of course, uh, sometimes these ratings decisions have a major impact. Of course, uh, Moody's decision, if it does put us into junk territory, well, then that's it. Uh, there are going to be a whole lot of international funds that buy South African treasuries and so on, uh, that invest in South African bonds, uh, not treasuries, and that's the United States terminology, uh, that buy United South African bonds. They're going to say, well, then, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got an investment profile, an investment program, and an agenda that we follow. And one of the things we don't do is invest in the junk bond market. The, however, you do get people who do invest in the junk bond market. So... You know, uh, if if Moody's does downgrade us, in all probability, you're just going to have different people holding our bonds. But there's likely to be a sag in, in the interim as people sell and other people haven't come in and started buying. And, of course, uh, the uh, premium that uh, uh, investors demand on the bonds will, uh, will rise in the interim, giving them a bigger discount on the price that they pay. Uh, and so when they come and redeem their bonds at a, at a later date, they'll get a higher price than what they paid, but the bigger the discount, that reflects uh, the weakness or the confidence in the bond. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 won't be, it won't be as big as, like, you know, uh, I think the mainstream media tends to make uh, a downgrade, if Moody's does downgrade us. Uh, but what will happen is a whole lot of big funds holding South African bonds will then be forced to sell those bonds. But it doesn't mean that there won't be any buyers. It just means that there are bond markets, uh, junk bond market specialists that will move in. Because, you see, the thing is, I mean, if, if, if I was somebody and I had a company that owned uh, South African bonds now, before it was junk, um, and I reckon Moody's was going to downgrade. 
Well, it would make sense to sell those bonds now, wouldn't it? And, and then buy after Moody's is downgraded. Because you know, uh, South Africa is going to find itself uh, getting out of its difficulties at a later stage. However, you just don't know how long that's going to take. If it's going to get even worse, if it's going to get better. So anyway, that's uh, likely to be the outcome of a Moody's downgrade uh, going forward. Uh, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, if Moody's downgrades, it's a junk status, like everyone's going to disinvest from the South African bond market and they're going to pull their money out of the country and so on. Uh, but it will have an effect, most definitely. Uh, but not, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. But it would be nice if Moody's doesn't downgrade us, wouldn't it? It would, it would be really, really nice. Please, Moody's, be in a good Moody tonight, please. Be, be a good Moody. Be a good Moody, please. All right, uh, more news on the trade balance a little bit later. A very nice trade balance in the last month. Uh, the, the, there's someone in the U.S. Fed saying the uh, rates could rise in the United States. There's a lone voice, a very silly kind of person, I would say. Uh, but then again, you see, uh, you do need these noises coming out of the United States because the United States says, hey, you know, things are looking so bad. We only put in 20,000 jobs last month. <gasps> oh, GDP growth is really looking lousy. Oh, I don't know. You know, and then the U.S. Fed comes out and says, ah, things are so bad, we're not going to increase interest rates for the entire year. There's like a zero chance. That's what the U.S. Fed said last time. Uh, and now you've got a lone voice, you know, you know, the U U.S. Fed is made up largely of all the regional banks, uh, not the regional banks, the state banks. Uh, so uh, one of these uh, state reserve bank governors has come out and said, imagine that, imagine if Gauteng, now there's an idea, eh? if Gauteng started its own reserve bank. <laughs> uh, what would that do? There's an idea. I'm sure somebody out there listening to me is saying, you know, that's not such a bad idea. Well, anyway, we don't have, um, our provinces don't have provincial banks. But in the United States, some of the states, they do have their own reserve banks. And so now these guys get together and help constitute the Federal Reserve. So one of these men has said that rates could rise. Uh, you need to say that in the United States, because otherwise people are going to start saying, you know, the United States is in a lot of trouble. I don't know about these dollars. Funny money. It is funny money. It is. There's, a, there's absolutely no rational basis for believing in any value in the dollar. That's all I can say. Just on a generalized basis, you know, irrespective of the quantitative easing trillions that have been pumped into the market and not been allowed to go over to the retail market, which would have then seen Americans arriving to buy a loaf of bread with like, you know, a wheelbarrow full of dollars, as you had in Zimbabwe. You didn't have it in America, you didn't have it in Europe, mainly because they're white. <laughs> I'm a white man, I'm allowed to say these kinds of things. <laughs> you know, special treatment for the special people. Uh, but when Zimbabwe yeah, gets into trouble, brrr, you've got to start pushing that wheelbarrow, you know, investing wheelbarrows. So it's not wheelbarrow investing time for South Africa yet. Uh, and uh, Moody is probably going to bring out, uh, it usually comes out around about nine o'clock in the evening. Uh, so, yeah, um, we haven't heard anything yet. And uh, it's not going to be a train smash or the end of the world. Uh, and by the time people get to the uh, markets on Monday, well, it'll be interesting to see what will happen on Monday if they do downgrade us. Huawei earnings up 25%. Amazing. With all of the, the nasty things that have been said about this Chinese company that's basically going to single-handedly roll out 5G uh, 
across the world because no one else has got us technology. It's got the most amazing technology. And the United States is very, 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 very jealous and very, very scared because, you see, it's always been the United States and its technology being stolen by those nasty Chinese. And now the Chinese come and do a leapfrog on the United States and Europe. So, of course, those countries uh, get up, you know, like I say, white men like to be treated with special care and attention. And, uh, well, you know, be white. I mean, I know about these things. I, live, I lived among these people for a long time. haven't lived among white people for a very long time now. Uh, I've sort of been living in Linasia in a kind of like a, a racial exile, I suppose you could put it. A uh, very welcome one. I don't miss it. I don't miss the blondes. Um, yeah, yeah, in Linasia. Living extension too. It's mainly Indian, but we've got a big uh, contingent of uh, immigrants uh, from Africa uh, being chased here, basically by the uh, xenophobia violence going across South Africa. Heard such a nasty noise about it in uh, KwaZulu Natal yesterday. Uh, truck drivers. Uh, well, um, I, I issued a post immediately on my Facebook saying uh, ban all South African truck drivers from the rest of Africa. If South African truck drivers want to burn uh, real African truck drivers, then South African truck drivers must not be allowed into the rest of Africa. That's it. The rest of Africa is off bounds for South African truck drivers. That's where it should be. In fact, you know what, uh, I reckon it's about time um, they started robbing those trucks and not allowing South African trade into the rest of Africa because uh, I think it's completely unacceptable that people in South Africa will burn Africans and tell them to go back home. I mean, that's the kind of thing they used to do during apartheid. Well, you know, I always said that uh, black South Africans shouldn't try and seek equality with white South Africans because that's a very low target to be aiming for. You don't want to be equal to a white South African. Um, white South Africans are very sad people, uh, by and large, you know, with the kind of like the, the, that racial trigger that they've got in their heads. Although, you know, you really do see some beautiful moments uh, of change that have happened. Uh, really, you, you know, I, 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 sometimes white people have actually humbled me, uh, white South Africans. Uh, and, uh, you know, the good white South Africans, uh, they, they're not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, and I mean, he's up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Um, but then again, you know, those hardcore white South Africans, uh, you know, the guys that like sort of take that old Oranya Blanya flag uh, or off to the sporting events and so on, uh, and those kind of guys who say to me, this is all your fault, you know. Um, you don't want to seek equality with those kind of people because then I tell you what, you're aiming too low. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you aim so low. And unfortunately, a lot of black South Africans didn't listen to me, and now they're running around burning Africans. Yeah, that's quite a sad uh, Rainbow Nation story, isn't it? Take on pay in South Africa is on the way down. Well, in actual fact, it's not that the, the, it's not that the pay is declining. It's the number of people taking home pay that is declining. That's according to uh, Servest. Uh, basically, that's the company that services all the big banks with cash. Uh, they're the guys with the cash in transit uh, vans. Yeah, mm. they're like that's a real that's real danger pay territory, isn't it? Yeah, they uh, service brings out a regular report every month on uh, transactions going through ATMs, and uh, they say that uh, yeah, the uh, there are fewer people 
taking home pay nowadays. There are fewer uh, salary payments being made into people's accounts. Uh, and this is a decline that's been going on for nine months. Anyway, more of that, inshallah, a little bit later in the show. MTN Pay, uh, we'll be having a look at uh, what a fine thing it is to be a director on MTN. Uh, Growth Point, uh, that's a big property company in South Africa, says it's moving into Africa and it's moving into healthcare. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we, we could very likely see a new hospital group uh, coming into South Africa in the near future. Uh, hopefully that'll be good. Uh, I don't think that private hospitals have been good for South Africa. Now, I know a lot of you out there say that you would not step foot into a government hospital. I can understand with all of the scare stories that go on and and that there are some very real, terrible things that happen in government hospitals. Uh, I could tell you a few stories, uh, but I could tell you a few stories about private hospitals. I mean, I I once had... Uh, I once tried to stop a woman from being beaten up and um, had my my skull crushed and broken and my eye socket shattered and my cheekbone hanging loose in my cheek. And uh, the next day I was taken to... I, lo- I, lo- I love doing this, you know. You know, being on radio, you can do these things. <laughs> I was taken to Garden City Clinic where Dr. Futcher... Yes, Dr. Futcher uh, had... Uh, an, an intern, a highly inexperienced intern on duty. It was, I suppose, Saturday afternoon. Doctors like to play golf. And uh, I went in there with my shattered head and uh, had this x-rayed and everything. Uh, no one knew how to read the x-rays. The doctor said, well, the radiographer's put a, a drawn a blue arrow on your cheekbone here. I think that might mean that it's fractured. Right, okay, here are some Panado, uh, and here's some penicillin. You can go home and come back on Monday. Come back on Monday, and I'm surrounded by five surgeons. Um, I, I, I think they may have been fighting outside the door as to who was going to get the latest drive-in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they wanted to operate on me immediately. Um, uh, well, I refused to pay Dr. Futch's bill. And I was contacted a year and a half later to tell... No, I discovered a year and a half later, I went off to India and um, I was there for four months in India and I wasn't even a Muslim, can you believe it? Yeah, 5,000 rand in India on 5,000 rand for four months. Yeah. Be poor in India. I want to appreciate the value of one rand, as I was saying recently. Go and be poor in India for a little while. It's not that bad. Uh, yeah. So... Um, now, what was I talking about being, going to India? You know, get, getting distracted by all of these things. Oh, yes, uh, I, I, I went to India. When I came back from India, I discovered that I'd been blacklisted. So I phoned up the blacklisting company, as you could in those days. You didn't have to get like five intermediaries in between uh, rescheduling your debt in like, you know, debt, uh, you know, all those kind of guys that now make money out of the fact that you don't have any money. It's amazing what people can do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I know. Um, Discovered that, no, Dr. Futcher had blacklisted me. I phoned Dr. Futcher up and I said, this is absolutely uh, egregious. You cannot do this. You didn't provide the service that you're supposed to as a doctor. I should have reported you to the Health Professionals Council. Uh, And 
you know, to and fro, you know, he said, look, okay, if you pay half, I'll, I'll remove it. Well, I needed a car, so I paid half. But that was, you know, I, I was mugged once, and I went into hospital. In the hospital, I was mugged again, and the doctor's name is Dr. Futcher, and the hospital was Garden City Clinic. Garden City Clinic uh, is owned by which group, which private hospital group? Uh, private hospital, Garden City Clinic, uh, is owned by Netcare. It was a Netcare hospital. Oh. Private hospital. And that was, you know, uh, in the earlier days when, uh, you know, you didn't have so many potholes on the roads. So, you know, services were supposedly even better in those days. That was Garden City Clinic, that was Dr. Futcher, and that was my head. So anyway, uh, I, I really believe that these private hospital groups, uh, 47% plus, 40% 40, 40 plus inflation every year, uh, medical inflation, and primary source of uh, medical aids going bankrupt, corrupt doctors, corrupt doctors. So anyway, hopefully, uh, well, who knows, uh, Growth Point is moving into the healthcare sector. There's going to be more private hospitals opening up, and hopefully that'll bring down prices uh, rather than uh, just uh, this is like a feeding frenzy and more sharks arriving. Uh, I hope, you know, South Africa being the way it is, it may well turn out to be that way. But we can hope. We can hope. Why, 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 why keep yourself sad all the time? Okay, come. Right. Uh, that's, that's just a rundown of what's coming in the show. I'm, I'm, I really am spending too much time talking on things. I really should discipline myself to get through everything that I promised you at the beginning of the show. I must need to, need to ensure that by the end of the show I've spoken about everything. Okay, right. So let's just move over to the JSE and get that out of the way, shall we? Right, okay. So the JSE ended up, ended up 7.72%, the all-share index, on 56,462.55. And the top 40 index, uh, heavily weighted international companies, 0.74% uh, up on 50,273.93. As I said, the RAND has come roaring back in, in the late afternoon. We're on 14.39 to the dollar. Uh, 18.76 to the pound and 16.16 uh, 16 to the euro. So that's been a major improvement over yesterday. Um, uh, yesterday we were well over 19 to the pound. Uh, the pound has been the biggest loser against us today. Uh, but that's uh, largely... You see, there are two reasons. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. Out, I was trying to figure out why it was when I when I saw the rand was uh, recovering against the pound in like the middle afternoon. I ascribed it to Theresa May's failure to get her Brexit deal signed once again, uh, and so the pound uh, pound was weakening. Uh, but then, you know, the dollar and the euro. Now I see now why is the rand recovering like this. I mean, it's late afternoon. It's Friday. Maybe it's thinner trade or something, and someone's. Um, uh, bought a whole lot of rands. Uh, it could be related to Moody's. Maybe someone's heard something. Maybe they saw a government minister walking into the Moody's offices and then walking out with a big smile on his face. Maybe that's happened. Maybe Moody's is uh, going to be keeping us either uh, where we are, uh, which is negative. Uh, we n we're negative, pointing towards uh, downgrade. Uh, well, maybe it'll raise us to stable. Or, or maybe performing, you know. Maybe, maybe they'll even say, yeah, things are looking up in South Africa. But 
don't think so. But we did have a trade surplus. We had another trade surplus. Uh, and uh, that, that must be good news. That must be good for us. Uh, our trade surplus swung. Uh, didn't Our trade balance swung to surplus from a revised deficit in January. So we were 3.9 billion in February from a 13.6 billion deficit in January. Very much largely due to oil imports uh, that uh, January. Well, no, no. Actually, let's not say what that was all about. Um, yeah, so we swung into positive territory on the day that Moody's is going to issue its report. Exports jumped 10.7% on a month-on-month basis to 96.14 billion in February, while imports fell 7.4 to 94.15. That's according to Revenue Services. So that's good news. Um, and not enough to make the RAND go boinging uh, through the roof like it did. Uh, the other issue is that uh, this week, uh, Turkey, the Turkish lira fell into trouble when the Reserve Bank didn't have as many reserves as people had been expecting. Uh, Erdogan has uh, ordered an investigation into that. Uh, major banks said, sell the lira. So everyone said, oh, emerging markets, emerging markets. And basically, we were caught up in the contagion. Or rather, the currency traders here in South Africa saw a chance to do a dirty on the rand once again. Now, you know, they keep on going on about uh, Jacob Zuma, but it's these guys, these guys. I really want to try and get to the bottom of this rand trading thing. I've been looking into it. I've been looking into it. And I must say that as a journalist, I feel very uncomfortable with Bloomberg and Reuters having the main currency trading platforms in the world. Uh, That's a bit like, uh, you know... um, a sports magazine buying up all of uh, all of the sports stadiums in the country, and then uh, getting into deals with the guys that do the betting. Now, when you go to see a game at one of those stadia, are you going to say to yourself, "That was a real game. That was a real contest, uh, contest of wills and skills." Down there on the field, I saw real rugby. I saw real soccer. I saw real cricket today. That was a game. That was a genuine competition. Or would you be coming back saying, nah, the way that third wicket fell? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Huh? You see, he just moved his bat aside. Nah. Oh, he was going for that catch and he dropped it. No ways. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. You know? Um, you wouldn't. There's no ways. I, I, I don't think people would go and watch matches in stadia like that. But nevertheless, we're supposed to accept journalism uh, from companies that are. Uh, I mean, the, the, the competition commission has noted that uh, most of the RAND fiddling that that has happened between uh, the various banks that it uh, has recommended be prosecuted and their names have been sent to the competition tribunal. Uh, AFSA Bank immediately said mayor culpa and admitted guilt. Uh, Standard Standard Chartered Bank, not the same as the Stand Bank here in South Africa, was found guilty of RAND manipulation in a United States uh, probe. Uh, and that's one of the guilty parties that the Con- Competition Commission has been complaining about. Competition Commission busy looking at uh, all of that information from the United States, hopefully getting some ammunition to use against the banks here in South Africa. Um, and uh, the Competition Commission says that most of the collusion that happens between the traders is happening on Bloomberg's instant messaging service. Uh 
So now when Bloomberg come and brings out a report about the South African rand, you know, one of the, one of the um, uh, you know, it regularly says that South African rand is the worst performing emerging market in its currency basket, or it's the worst performing uh, currency in this currency basket. Uh, it says Tietan Boweni knocked the rand yesterday, or, or Jacob Zuma knocked the rand yesterday, or, you know, or the trade union went on strike and the rand went down. But these are all very white fears. And, and, and basically, uh, South Africa's uh, RAND uh, value is more a function of it being in emerging markets than anything else. And it has peers who don't move in the same direction as South Africa does against the major currencies. Uh, so it seems to me as though, you know, these, these reasons that were given why the RAND has gone down are in actual fact excuses that currency traders use. And they reckon this is a valid excuse. You've got a white guy on one telephone in South Africa. You've got another white guy on a telephone in New York. And the guy on the telephone in New York is probably from South Africa. And uh, they always say, yes, it's China. Yeah, I mean, that bloody uh, president here in South Africa. He says he is going to do this thing. What do you think? And the guy over there on the other side says, yes, I reckon we're going to sell that train down, bro. He says, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> That is the worst kind of corruption in our country. And uh, in all probability, 90% of it has been done by white people. Uh, you know, uh, just in terms of uh, sharing the blame game here, you know, my, I'm using my whitey skin to say mea culpa on behalf of all the white people in South Africa. Uh, and so... Um, I'm actually thinking of approaching the Competition Commission uh, with a complaint as a journalist saying that these uh, news organizations are not to be trusted and uh, we'd like the Competition Commission to call Reuters and Bloomberg in to explain exactly what they are doing. Or maybe the Competition Commission should go around and have a look at uh, exactly how their trading platform is working, exactly how the journalists on there uh, who are reporting on currencies are either instructed to report on currencies or how they access, you know, the market chatter. You know, if Bloomberg is in charge of the instant messaging system. Does it have a view of everyone's messages? And does it say, you go, go call these guys or go call those guys? How does Bloomberg decide who to call on a day? How does Reuters choose to call on a day? And uh, uh, I, I think there might actually be room for the Competition Commission to say, look, either you're going to be in currency trading or you're going to be in journalism, but you can't be in both. Now, that would be quite a significant finding to make. I'd like them to make that finding. As a journalist, I feel very uncomfortable, you know, when journalists go off to press conferences and they come back with all these little goodies. Uh I've never been one to enjoy those things. Even I was sent on a freebie trip to to Norway. Actually, I thought it was in Sweden, came back and wrote an article about being in Sweden. Uh, I, I, I was sent to Australia to dive the Ningaloo and Great Barrier Reef. I spoke about it yesterday. That was a freebie. And I just couldn't enjoy myself on those things because it's not me that's paid for it. It's not my money. I'm not with someone that I want to be. And uh, I'm not following the itinerary that I want to be on. You've got to go along. You have to smile. Say, yeah, it is very nice. Yeah, his food is very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on a German ship. Uh, well, uh, 
got to move across to the marketplace for a bit of news, got to pay our rent, you know. Uh, please don't go away. We'll be back in just a bit, inshallah. You are listening to the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Well, as I said earlier, Steinhoff's in the news again today. Uh, it's uh, among the most watched shares, of course, on on, uh, on ShareNet. Uh, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, that's the JSE's policeman, uh, says that Steinhoff has agreed to provide all necessary documents uh, to the watchdog to enable it to investigate alleged market transgressions. Steinhoff admitted accounting irregularities in December 2017, knocking its share price from uh, over 95 rands to less than 2 rands today. Uh, findings from an independent report by T- PWC said earlier this month, this is now, uh, this is mainstream media reporting, listen to this. Findings from an independent report by T- PWC said earlier this month that Steinhoff had overstated profits over several years in a $7.4 billion accounting fraud involving a small group of top executives and outsiders. In actual fact, they didn't say that. PWC doesn't say fraud. PwC says no, um, you know, transparency and accountability standards were not met. Uh, open uh, ac- accounting procedures were not followed. They don't say fraud. They don't say money laundering. They don't say any of that. And when the PwC, um, I think it was their financial officer, appeared before uh, Parliament two weeks ago, he also didn't want to say fraud and all of these sorts of things. He, he didn't even want to name <coughs> the, uh, the individuals mentioned in, in the PwC report, although he was before Parliament, and so his, uh, his testimony was privileged. That, for me, shows a lack of independence from the previous uh, gangsters who were in charge of the company. Uh, and I'm wondering if those gangsters are still being allowed into the company. Uh, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're running a company and suddenly you've got to take over the whole new board, uh, you've got to, you know, things and balls are in, in, in the air. You, uh, you, 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 some balls are going to be dropped. They're going to roll under the table. You're going to go and you've got to find them. And you, you've got to go call the other guys in to ask, please explain, where was this thing from? Where was that thing from? Uh, is, is, is there proper oversight of that whole thing? Or is the new board actually trying to cover up all of the dirt of the old board? As so regularly happens in these circumstances. Um, really, I, I, I think, uh, you know, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, the FSCA, the JSC's toothless watchdog, is saying that uh, Steinhoff has agreed to provide necessary documents. Right? Like, so, like, so this is um, uh, a year and three months after the crash. And uh, the, the, the watchdog still hasn't received any information about anything. It's a bit like the Hawks, uh, you know, appearing before Parliament and saying, well, we've been, discuss- we've been investigating one trade. And then just when we're about to, like, report to you about this one trade, we discovered 10 more. But in fact, there are thousands of such trades. Uh, so, so that's pathetically ridiculous. And we're probably, in all likelihood, going to be dependent on the Dutch authorities doing their work. Um, for justice to come out of this thing. Uh, but you know, for the South African uh, regulators and authorities, uh, just everyone is sitting around with the proverbial thumb in their eye. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they say that they've agreed to, um, they, they've agreed to cooperate. But ag- the difference between agreeing to cooperate and actually providing real assistance is a very, very big gap. Uh, so, yeah. 
Um, um, uh, this is one of the reasons why Steinoff is regularly among the most top five most watched shares on the JSC on a daily basis. I mean, it just doesn't fall off. It just doesn't disappear off that list. Well, every now and then it does. But uh, um, news also came out today that Steinoff's international Unitrans motor group, uh, which is, is in talks to sell, may be valued as much as $280 million, according to people familiar with the matter. Uh, the lower end of the valuation range may be about $204 million. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to know exactly, because Steinoff says they're selling these things in order to pay off debt. Uh, right, okay. Now, it's busy been restructuring its debt repayment schedules with its creditors uh, for over a year now. Uh, only now is it starting to turn to, to, start to sell things. Um, where is this money going to go? Which of their creditors is going to get this money? Uh, because uh, this, this, uh, the uh, agreement which they issued today says that the... Uh, the repayment date has now been uh, settled back to the 31st of May. And May, in actual fact, if there isn't any any objections from one of its European creditors, that it could actually be extended well into June or July. Uh, and these uh, rescheduling uh, announcements have been taking place regularly for a year now. Uh, what exactly are they going to do with the money that they're going to get? Because they sold cap for 4.8 billion rands. Uh, and... What are they going to be doing with that money? Are they going to be giving it to uh, their creditors or are they going to be giving it to the same miscreants who have been causing all of the trouble? Uh, really, uh, there needs to be a proper, real, independent overseer looking at all of this stuff and regularly informing shareholders exactly what's going on. Uh, but investor protection uh, with the West's, um, the West's veil, which is the limited liability, the legal expression, explanation of judicial personality. A company is seen as being a person. It has rights under law. It has personal rights under law. It can sue if you defame it. Well, uh, it, can, it can claim money back from creditors. It can own property. Uh, you know, it can do all of these kinds of things. It can it can represent, can be represented at public fora where public issues are under debate. Uh, but in actual fact, none of these companies actually exist. Steinhoff, I've been speaking about it all this time, doesn't exist. It's an artificial personality. It's a mask that shareholders use in order to hide the skullduggery that they're getting up to. It's a mask behind which... Uh, uh, rogue boards used to rip off shareholders. Uh, and in actual fact, proper real protection of investors never ever really takes place. Uh, never ever really takes place. Uh, the big guys get away with it all the time. All the time. All the time. And, uh, you know, that in a way is a major indictment against Western civilization, but you never hear these uh, Western crazies going on about, uh, you know, how, how poorly uh, limited liability protects investors or how it's a mask to corruption. And in fact, it's a mask to some of the biggest corruption that happens around the world. Governments are stolen with this mask. Wars are waged with this mask. People are thrown out of their houses with this mask. Divorces happen with this mask. Children die with this mask, uh, this veil. We have a veil. We use a veil to hide modesty. 
The West has a veil. It uses its veil to hide some of the worst murderous corruption, pillage that happens all around the world. Uh, anyway, that's where I see things. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it's a motor group that it's also looking to sell, maybe worth about 280 million rands, a lower range, around about 200, 204 million rands. Uh, it, has, it may well sell... 75% to the largest car dealership uh, of the local unit of Toyota Tsusho Group. Tsusho. Toyota Tsusho Group. Uh, Toyota Sales Corporation. <clears throat> As it exits businesses that don't complement existing retail franchises, the companies still need to agree to terms for the sale, Steinhoff has said, has declined to comment on Unitrans Motors' value, whilst uh, um, Toyota's company also won't say what price it may pay. Steinhoff raised about three, uh, 4.8 billion rands earlier this week with the sale of Cap Industrial. Um, it first began buying shares in Unitrans, the car dealership, in 2000, and uh, took that stake up to more than 60%. And uh, the outstanding stock, and it, until it acquired all of the outstanding stock for the equivalent of 233 million rands in 2007. Uh, Toyota says they've been looking to enter South Africa for many years. They say it's a significant acquisition for Toyota. They would like to expand the, these type of services in Unitrans to the other operations in Africa. So, yeah, so Unitrans will be going uh, Translimpopo soon. And, well, that's a very nice way of going ahead with things. It's nice, and, and nice for Unitrans, I think. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, what's actually happening with all the money that they're getting? Now then, there's a crazy man in America who reckons that the American economy is going to be strong enough for the American economy to be able to actually afford like a 0.25% interest rate increase before December. And his name is Randall Carls, uh, Quarles, Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. He is the Federal Reserve Vice Chair, uh, and he gave a bullish view of the U.S. economy, said more rate increases may be needed if recent positive trends in productivity and investment continue. Uh, he said it's, he doesn't say where these positive trends are. He doesn't say there's this and there's this and there's this. He's used to use the generalized blandishment to try and, and uh, support his, his rosy outlook. He said it's prudent to put further hikes on hold while the Fed waits for overseas risks to play out. What do you mean? There's plenty of domestic risks there in America. For instance, only putting on 20,000 jobs in the last month. Uh, yeah. He reckons that these uh, retail sales and job figures were an anomaly. Oh, the leading. Uh, he says it's an anomaly. He says it's a bit odd. That's how he describes it. Well, now, uh, how do you describe 20,000 jobs being put on last month? Oh, it's a bit odd, man. Well, yeah, it is a bit odd, but to give you the, the reasons uh, for the decline, you get a bit odd just isn't enough. It's amazing what a Reserve Bank vice chairs are able to get hold of when it isn't an official uh, a policy announcement by the Reserve Bank. But you know that everyone in the market is going to be looking at it as a real in, insider sniff as to what's going on, what the way the Monetary Policy Committee is thinking of the FMOC, uh, free, um, 
Free Market Open Committee. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember what it all stands for. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not an insider track. It's in actual fact a way for America to say that things aren't so bad in America that uh, we keep on printing funny money and, uh, you know, the dollar is in actual fact worthless. If the way monetary policy was Im- was imposed in America and Europe, both of those economies would be complete shells of what they are at the present moment. Uh, well, you would say, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean, the thing is, you see, the thing about it is that when we misbehave, Moody's is on us, and we're, we're, we're poised for a rating downgrade tonight. But the United States has uh, splurged more than, uh, they, they say, $5.5 trillion. I reckon it's probably closer to $7 trillion if you include uh, Obama's top as well. Uh, $7 trillion have been printed and distributed to all of the banks that caused all of the crisis in the first place in 2008. And, uh, you know, they're allowed to print money. When Bob Mugabe tried to, tried to do it, his country went down the tubes. So now why? No, you know, there's supposed to be equal treatment. The, 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 the policy is, to be, is supposed to be open and fair across the world. That's the whole reason why you have the World Trade Organization and all of these things. There's supposed to be equity. There's supposed to be fairness. There's supposed to be justice. But when a, a country like America, the richest country in the world, is able to get away with all of these transgressions, then it's just going to continue. And it's getting worse. The world needs to stop saying we will refuse to accept dollars. These dollars are nonsense. This is just rubbish. These euros are complete waste of time. Please, don't bring me those pounds. Because the British is, of course, doing the same thing. They, they, they announced the first uh, $50 billion uh, bailout for Northern Rock. First European bank. The British were first in line. Uh, to bail out their banks with European Union money. Mm. That European Union money was supposed to have gone to emerging markets. Yeah, they think I've forgotten. I haven't forgotten Northern Rock, European Union, European Central Bank. I haven't forgotten Bank of England. Mm. $50 billion bailout for a bank that had been given uh, far too easy loans to the labor aristocracy of the world. Europe and America, the labor aristocracy of the world, really they are. Can we, can we run our economies in the same kind of logesse that they do? Why don't we have the same rules here in South Africa that they have in, in America and Europe? Oh, and plus, their, their banks are, are manipulating the value of the rand along with banks here in South Africa. Those guys, I would love to get those guys chucked in jail. Those currency traders, I would love them to be in jail for the rest of their lives. The pain that, have, that, that they've caused this country, the pain that they've caused this country, the robbery, the opportunities that they have robbed us of. Uh, really, they should be put up against a wall and machine gunned to death. Send them over to Malaysia. That's what we should do. Uh, mm. All right, okay. So enough nonsense about that Carly's guy from the United States. Who are we? America has been trying to put down this company. Britain has been trying to put down this company. France has been able to put down this country. The Red, White and Blue Alliance. You know, French flag, British flag, American flag, Red, White and Blue. Russia's flag, also Red, White and Blue. Very odd, hmm? Anyway.
the Red, White and Blue Alliance, the Western Red, White and Blue Alliance, has been trying to shut down Huawei because Huawei has come with the greatest technology you can get for 5G. They're going to be rolling out it out here in South Africa, one of the first countries, Johannesburg, Pretoria, and uh, Cape Town, I think. I, yeah, no, it's Cape Town, Durban, and Johannesburg. Yeah, I think those three cities are going to be rolling out 3G. Hopefully, we're going to get a little bit of it leaking over here into Lanasia. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what it means. Uh, you see all, all, all automated robot, roboticized uh, processes. You've even got robot nurses in the hospitals nowadays, like turning people over in their beds, providing them, them with their meds at the right time. Uh, you've got uh, robots in manufacturing um, production lines in factories uh, that are, that need this 5G for control for monitoring. You need to say you need to be able to see what each robot is doing. Is it doing it right? Is it doing it wrong? You need to be able to control it and change it and fix it if it does something wrong. And all of that needs a massive amount of data and memory. And 5G provides that. Uh, so this isn't just a matter of, oh, you're going to be able to download a movie in like one second, bro. No, it's much more than that. Far more vital. Control of the cars on the roads. Everything moving. Within 10 years, it's going to be controlled with 5G. So the United States has been going on and saying, ah, oh, these damn Chinese. Uh, well, they didn't steal our technology. This time they're going to leapfrog us. Uh, um, and we're now smarter than Americans. How is that possible? Well, in actual fact, it's a de facto fact. I'm afraid the Americans, they just can't take it. They just can't take it. Hmm. They just can't take it. So they've been trying all dirty kinds of things all over the world. The filthiest nation in the world, I think, America. Or is it Nazi Israel? Hmm. I'll leave that up for you to decide. Uh, the thing is, um, that they have been waging illegitimate and dirty lawfare, not warfare, lawfare against Huawei. And uh, despite all of that, Huawei posted 25% jump in annual profit, even as it faces that US-led push to keep it out of next generation networks. Europe is now having to fall back and say, you know, okay, we're going to take 5G because we have to take 5G because there isn't no one else. Huawei at uh, their uh, big uh, mobile um, uh, expo in Barcelona uh, just uh, last month, end of last month, turned the tables on the United States and uh, a lot of companies, a lot of countries, a lot of governments sat up and took notice because Huawei came back with a great counter argument. They said, look, uh, we haven't got any back doors with our 5G technology. We're not going to be able to go and capture your, your, your computer or your website or anything like that. We're not going to be able to go and sniff and find out all of your secrets with our 5G technology. But with our 5G technology, America won't be able to spy on you. Now that was a great argument. Because everyone knows America's been spying on people. It's in the last uh, German elections, Angela Merkel, the president of Germany, was being spied on by the United States. All of her cell phone calls and messages, they've all been listened to. Her emails, everything. They were being followed by the United States. They were being kept and closely monitored. Uh, and so, <coughs> excuse me, 
and so um, Germany, for instance, knows very well, and everyone else in Europe was stunned by these uh, by these revelations that America has been spying on its closest partners, and any other country everywhere, South Africa here, America is full on here for sure. Uh, how do I know? Uh, well, I won't go into that. I won't go into that. But I'll tell you this. America won't be able to snoop on you with China, China's 5G, Huawei 5G. And that is a brilliant argument. And since then, Huawei has basically been on the front foot. Uh, Europe has suddenly climbed back from its objections to bringing Huawei on as its preferred partner. Uh, the UK has done so. Germany has done so. Uh, France was never on, on, on board this one. Actually, I said earlier it was. France wasn't. France wasn't on board this thing for some reason or other. Obviously, France is uh, reckoning, well, if our competitors are going to not go on to 5G and we can get into 5G first, we can get a leapfrog advantage. We can, no, not leapfrog advantage. We can green fields advantage. We can get blue sky advantage. That's the way they're talking these. So anyway, Huawei is doing really well. Uh, revenue from its consumer business, which includes smartphones, jumped 45% to 348.9 billion yuan, while sales in the carrier unit were little change at 294 billion yuan. Huawei said it invested more than 101 billion yuan, or about 40% of sales in research and development. Wow, imagine having all that money at your disposal, hey? Um, China's largest tech company by sales posted a net income of 59.3 billion yuan uh, last year as it won customers for its smartphone and networking gear. Uh, despite being at the center of global scrutiny, Huawei is winning customers for its equipment as it contends with Apple as a mantle of the world's number two smartphone label. The company has already disclosed accelerated growth in the first two months of 2019 as it develops cutting-edge chips and expands into cloud services. But its global prospects have been clouded by the Trump administration. Uh, nevertheless, revenue uh, after years of tension and accusations that the government makes it possible for Beijing to spy in the West, pressure on, the, on Huawei is ratcheted up. Canada de detained its financial officer, Meng Wanzhou. She's the daughter of the founder. Uh, at the U.S.'s behest last year, uh, and now they're counter-suing. They're suing the United States uh, uh, for uh, for arresting their financial officer and for intellectual property theft. Uh, I think that's really wonderful. Uh, anyway, that's enough of Huawei. Uh, number of salary payments going through the banking system show ongoing decline, which could point to retrenchments. That's according to Mike Schussler, who's basically the public relations officer for Banks of Africa. Uh, he was commenting on the data. Uh, February was the eighth consecutive month of declining employees. He says it's likely an indication that the current employment figures remain relatively lower than previous years. Mm. Uh, he says take-home salaries paid declined by 9.1% in total nominal terms and on a year-on-year -year basis. Data indicates many people seem to have left the system, particularly the higher earners. The overall number of employees earning under 100,000 rand per month declined by 8.4% in February. Where do they all go? Wow, man. You leave the lights off for a bit and suddenly all of the lawnies are leaving. Uh, well, it's a little bit of thing to, for us to worry about, but uh, hopefully, you know, it's another little blip on, on the radar screen. 
MDN Group Chief Executive Rob Shooter was paid 42.9 million rand in the financial year ended December 2018, up from 40.6 million rand in 2017. Shooter's remuneration was made with a base salary of 15.3 million, up from 11.5 for 10 months of work in 2017, plus 25.3 million rand in bonuses. With all that trouble happening in Uganda, with all that trouble happening in Nigeria, well, I mean, you know, they did, uh, they, they, they did do pretty well despite everything there. Um, 25.3 billion rand in bonuses, 1.6 million in post uh, employment benefits, and 746,000 rands in other benefits, probably like you no know, protect against unemployment and things. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not a bad business to be in, is it? I'm afraid that we have run out of time for my show for today and for the week. Don't forget to join me tomorrow uh, between 3 and 4. I'll be discussing discussing, uh, Israel's theft of Palestinian offshore oil. Jazakumla for joining us. I make do other whatever trading activity you got up to today has been profitable and above all halal. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are listening to the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.